0: Good morning. In today's headlines, Montana takes action against China-owned TikTok. Find out what effect a new law has on the social media app.
1: Florida and Texas both tackle cross-sex procedures on minors with new legislation. Meanwhile, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has some new rules for sexually explicit adult performances.
0: Leveling the playing field, how to counter the Chinese Communist Party's economic aggression. That's what lawmakers set out to tackle yesterday. We have a summary of the hearing.
1: President Biden is in Japan for the first of his four-day trip in the region, but could shortening his trip be a win for China? We take a look.
0: And are you a workaholic? We hear from a relationships coach on how to strike the perfect work-life balance.
1: Good morning and welcome to NTD. I'm Tiffany Meyer in for Kevin Hogan. Good
0: morning, everyone. I'm Evelyn Lee. Today is Thursday, May 18th.
1: And be sure to stay till the end for some new footage of the Titanic. And I'm curious about that work-life balance segment. I think we need that.
0: You and me both, yeah. (laughs) First of all, though, let's get into some more serious news. Montana is taking a major step in banning China-owned social media app TikTok. And this time, it's not just on government devices. Montana Governor Greg Gianforte signed the bill into law yesterday. It prohibits the TikTok app from being offered and operated on mobile app stores to any users in Montana. The state will fine any entity $10,000 per day each time someone is able to access the social media platform or download the app. That means app stores or TikTok will be held accountable. The penalties will not apply to users. Gianforte said he banned TikTok to protect Montanans' personal and private data from the Chinese Communist Party. This marks the furthest step yet by a state government to restrict TikTok. The measure is set to take effect on January 1, 2024, but is expected to face legal challenges. The bill also added that the ban will be void if TikTok is acquired by or sold to a company that is not incorporated in a country designated as a foreign adversary.
1: And Evelyn, an interesting point here is that the legislation prohibits mobile app stores from offering TikTok within the state. But a trade group funded by Apple and Google said it's impossible for the companies to prevent access to TikTok just in one single state.
0: Right, and talking about safety concerns... OpenAI CEO Sam Altman told a Senate Judiciary Subcommittee on Tuesday his biggest fear is the AI industry causing significant harm to the world. He noted the technology could be used to generate misinformation and interfere with elections. To discuss the risks and dangers of AI, we bring in a tech expert. Jessica Malugin is the director of the Center for Technology and Innovation at the Competitive Enterprise Institute. Good morning, Jessica. There is a lot of talk about AI bias. Now can you start by explaining what that explaining what that is first and what what, what its risks uh, what its risks are
2: so there's a couple different layers and, and some things that people are talking about and grouping together. But one are actual criminal activities, fraud. It's a big concern with the election security and of course politicians are especially focused on that. But the bias question is just that it happens to be that the set of information that some of these systems were trained on might contain bias information or perhaps how the algorithm was set contains bias information so you might not be getting a very objective answer when you ask some of these language models a question Mm.
0: now some urge congress to learn from the past experiences with social media now what what
2: lessons are we talking about here and how do they apply here Well, I think once again, one of the things that we heard in the hearing that politicians are concerned about is what effect this technology can have on our elections. So we look back on the Facebook controversy and um, what influence foreign governments had or didn't have. Those questions, by the way, are sort of still unsettled, but I think that's what they have in mind when they bring up security concerns with AI in terms of democracy here in the U.S., So that's one of the things they're concerned about. And really, you know, we're at the beginning of this technology. We really don't know what challenges or problems we face, just like we didn't really know that with social media. But I think the question before the hearing is, do we want to regulate first and perhaps give up a lot of the benefits of this technology in the hopes that we're regulating against the same future risks? Or do we want to let the technology roll out, start walking down this road of progress and then deal with whatever challenges present themselves as we go. Hmm.
0: So what's your proposal? Like, how should we deal with this uncertainty?
2: Well, I think we need to remember and look back at history, not just the failures of, of regulation as some people see it, but also the lessons of how new technology comes into our lives. No matter what it is, whether it was the bicycle, the printing press, there's always people who say, this is it. This is the end of the world. This changes everything. But of course, that's not how it happens, right? New jobs are made when others probably are destroyed. A lot of jobs with AI will be greatly improved in terms of quality of life for workers. And I would say, you know, let's just walk cautiously. We need to be talking about this. Industry needs to be in touch with regulators. But let's not over-regulate at the beginning and, and... sort of rob ourselves of what all the upside could be before we know what the problems are. Mm,
0: Great insights. Thank you so much for your take on this, Jessica Malugin. I appreciate
2: it. Thank you.
1: The Air National Guardsman, who is accused of posting a trove of classified documents to social media, was repeatedly warned by his superiors over his mishandling of classified documents. Jack DeShira's superiors at the Massachusetts Air National Guard caught him taking down notes and putting them in his pocket. That's according to a new court filing. He was also observed doing in-depth searches for classified materials, but he was not removed from his job. DeShira has been accused of leaking classified documents over a period of months to a closed online community on the social media platform Discord. FBI records say DeShira acknowledged in chats on that platform that he shouldn't have been sharing the documents.
0: The Select Subcommittee on Weaponization of the federal government is holding a hearing today at 9 a.m.
1: Three FBI whistleblowers are scheduled to testify on alleged re- t- retaliation they face for raising concerns with the FBI. President Biden is in Japan today for the G7 summit, but his trip to the Indo-Pacific region will be cut short due to the standoff over the debt ceiling here at home. Here's the story.
3: President Biden's trip to Asia this week sought to strengthen U.S. alliances and counter the influence of the Chinese regime in the region. But his second half of the trip will be cut short. Retired U.S. Navy Captain Brent Sadler shared his thoughts with NTD.
4: This is, unfortunately, the knee-jerk reaction always has been, or per, you know perhaps the timing always seems to be really bad for engagements by a president into the Asia-Pacific. Um, I think it's
3: bad. He should, should stick to the trip. Shortening his trip means Biden won't be stopping at Australia or Papua New Guinea. A summit of the Quad leaders in Sydney next week was canceled after Biden pulled out of the visit. The Sydney Morning Herald calls it a win for Chinese leader Xi Jinping, saying, China's president for life, meanwhile, will be giddy with delight at the summit falling into disarray. Sadler said he believes canceling the stop to Papua New Guinea is more significant.
4: Not going to Papua New Guinea is significant. We have a potential base developing there on Manus Island. It was offered several years ago, actually, uh, and now that's coming forward to fruition. Having the president go there would basically cinch it and signal a return of the United States to the Pacific. The White House
3: said Biden invited the Australian Prime Minister for an official state visit. The president is scheduled to return from Japan on May 21st.
1: You can watch the full interview with former Navy Captain Brent Sadler on NTD's China In Focus. And House Democrats are moving to force a vote on the U.S. debt limit. They introduced a resolution called a discharge petition yesterday. The measure can bring a bill out of committee to force a floor vote if the bill remains idle for more than 30 days. And that can happen without House Speaker Kevin McCarthy's approval.
0: Democrats need majority support from the House or 218 votes to file the petition and force a vote. If all 213 House Democrats vote in support, it still needs at least five Republicans to join them. It's still not clear, though, if all Democrats support the discharge petition.
1: And how can the U.S. defend itself and counter economic aggression from the Chinese Communist Party or CCP? That's what lawmakers in Washington aimed to find out yesterday in a hearing called Leveling the Playing Field. Entities Jeremy Sandberg has more on the hearing and testimony from witnesses. The select
5: committee will come to order. Uh,
6: Welcome, everyone. The bipartisan group of lawmakers of the committee on the CCP agree the economic threat from the Chinese Communist Party is one that cannot be ignored. Republican Chairman Mike Gallagher says it's time to stop admiring the problem and actually get down to solutions. We need to stop fueling our own destruction. This means we shouldn't fund PLA modernization. We should protect our sensitive research and critical technologies and not sacrifice national security for short-term profits. Gallagher says it's time to take off the golden blindfolds and open our eyes to the risks in China. American businesses shouldn't be complicit in the CCP's ongoing genocide and American capital should not fuel human rights abuses. The chairman declared it's time to reinforce economic sovereignty and reshore critical supply chains. Democratic ranking member Raja Krishnamurthy says the U.S. needs to protect itself from unfair and competitive trade practices by the CCP. He suggested what he calls the three Ps, to put America back on track to win the strategic competition. People, production and partnership. Three witnesses testified. They gave a long list of examples of how the CCP has been waging economic warfare on the U.S. for decades. Ambassador Robert
5: Lighthizer. They reduce their cost of manufacturing by taking advantage of very low environmental standards. They target U.S. businesses and are trying to monopolize the supply of critical minerals in the world. In short, if this is not economic war, what is? Roger Robinson,
6: former Reagan national security official, took aim at Wall Street and U.S. regulators, describing what he called arguably the largest strategic financial scandal in modern history. He says roughly 5,000 publicly traded CCP-controlled companies, many involved in egregious human rights and national security abuses, have been allowed to enter retirement and investment fund portfolios with little to no screening for
5: decades. There are well over 100 million Americans holding the stocks and bonds of U.S.-sanctioned and other Chinese corporate bad actors. Do we really believe that the American people would have wanted to be holding unwittingly the stocks and bonds of Soviet companies or those supporting
6: Nazi Germany? Robinson says CCP enterprises should be delisted and deregistered from U.S. exchanges and Congress must take action to make it happen. Committee members are traveling to the U.K. Thursday to coordinate with British officials to more effectively counter China's communist regime. Jeremy Sandberg, NTD News.
1: Coming up, Riley Gaines was on Capitol Hill this week. She testified that the NCAA had a controversial solution for accommodating transgender swimmers in a locker room. And the House of Representatives votes to refer the expulsion of Congressman George Santos to the Ethics Committee. Some tense moments followed on the steps of the Capitol. That and more after the break.
0: Welcome back. Florida and Texas both took legal steps yesterday that they say will protect children. The states addressed cross-sex procedures on minors, pronouns in the classroom and other issues. And today's Daniel Monaghan has more on the new legislation.
3: Florida Governor Ron DeSantis signed a package of bills called Let Kids Be Kids. The first bill prohibits cross-sex procedures and puberty blockers for children. It also allows people to sue for damages if they were injured or killed after such procedures, or after receiving puberty blockers or other related drugs as minors.
6: You have a movement amongst, I would say, rogue elements of the medical establishment uh, to do things that uh, is basically the mutilation of minors.
3: The next bill addresses gender identity politics in schools. It stops students from having to declare their pronouns in school.
6: We never did this through all of human history until like, what, two weeks ago? Now this is something. They're having third graders declare pronouns. Uh, We're not doing the Pronoun Olympics in Florida. It's not happening here.
3: The bill also bans classroom instruction on sexual orientation and gender identity through eighth grade. A third bill prohibits kids from attending sexually explicit adult performances.
6: If you are uh, an establishment that's having adult performances, you have an obligation to make sure that these young kids are not permitted in the premises.
3: The bill authorizes revoking the alcohol or operating licenses of hotels or restaurants if they admit a child into such a performance. Over in Texas, the state legislature passed a bill banning hormones, puberty blockers, and cross-sex procedures for minors. The bill would also prohibit physicians from removing the breasts of minors, or performing surgeries that would sterilize a child or remove otherwise healthy tissue or body parts. It would also prohibit doctors from prescribing drugs that would cause infertility. Opponents are criticizing the bill as a political attack on the transgender community. They say it would stop people from receiving care needed to address gender dysphoria. Daniel Monahan, NTD News.
0: The state house in Texas yesterday also voted to move forward a measure regarding athletes in public colleges. It would require them to compete based on their sex.
1: Former NCAA swimmer Riley Gaines testified on that topic before Congress on Tuesday. Gaines said a locker room was made unisex for the sake of inclusivity. Gaines competed against Leah Thomas as an NCAA swimmer. Thomas is a male who identifies as female. Gaines says that Thomas undressed in front of her and her female teammates. This happened as Gaines and others were also undressing. Gaines complained about the matter to an NCAA official. According to Gaines, the official told her they got around the issue by making the locker rooms unisex.
0: So this meant that any man could have walked into our locker room, not just a self-identifying female, any man, any coach, any parent, any official, any man who wanted to would have had full access to. And bare minimum,
1: we weren't forewarned. Gaines says Leah Thomas's teammates from the University of Pennsylvania sent an email to their administration to express their discomfort. She said they responded by offering them counseling resources to deal with their discomfort of seeing male genitalia. Indeed, he reached out to the university, and we will get back to you with any updates. And a resolution to expel embattled GOP Representative George Santos from Congress is heading to the House Ethics Committee. Democrats moved to force a floor vote on Tuesday. The House voted mostly along party lines to refer the resolution to the ethics panel yesterday, 221 to 204. Santos made it clear to reporters after the vote that he has no intention of resigning, but not without some drama on the Capitol steps. Watch.
4: There's a procedure. You can't be judge, jury, and executioner. I have a right, a constitutional right, to defend myself, and I will do that.
7: You gotta go, man. Come on. Stop.
4: How's your ethics? How's Come your ethics on, play going? You go? Aren't you? Aren't you in <laughs> ethics too, AOC? To Come go. on. Look, I can't. I can't continue to address you guys because there's a deranged member here.
7: Impeach Biden. Impeach Biden. No M-P M-P more q No is. more No more CNN. No-
1: Santos is facing 13 federal charges of fraud, money laundering, and theft of public funds. He denies the charges and has pleaded not guilty.
0: And now some short headlines around the world.
1: At least nine people are dead and thousands were evacuated from their homes as torrential rain battered northern Italy. The downpours triggered widespread flooding. Water cascaded through towns and submerged thousands of acres of farmland and a bridge near Bologna collapsed. Officials say the flooding hit nearly 40 towns and communities and about 120 landslides were reported. This weekend's Formula One race in the region was called off due to rescue operations.
0: And wildfires in Western Canada continue to rage. Smoke turned the sky a tint of orange in some areas of Alberta yesterday. Over 90 wildfires burning in the Forest Protection Area of Alberta as of yesterday. 27 were out of control. Over 2,500 firefighters, including Canadian and U.S. agencies, are battling the blazes. The fires have prompted evacuations, disrupted rail service and shut down energy production in the country's main oil-producing province.
1: If you pay taxes, this may be big news. The IRS is testing out its own free tax filing system. So people who are currently paying companies like H&R Block and TurboTax to do their taxes may soon be able to do it for free. NTD's Arlene Richards has more.
7: The IRS is trying to create Direct File, a free, voluntary, IRS-run electronic tax filing system. Americans spend billions of dollars on tax services, and the IRS believes this could save them some money. IRS Commissioner Danny Werfel says this kind of system is already used by numerous tax jurisdictions around the world. An IRS report found that a significant majority, 72%, are interested out of over 4,000 people surveyed.
5: For a lot of people, it's a good thing. You know, I'm not really, um, I'm kind of happy that the IRS is moving in a positive direction, like becoming more um, technologically advanced. So it makes it a little bit
7: easier for us. Paul Miller is a financial professional and the founder of Miller & Company, LLP. Miller says Direct File may take away business from companies like H&R Block and TurboTax and even his own accounting firm. But he's glad if people can save money on their taxes. However, he does see a problem.
5: What about your state tax return? You can file your federal return, but how are you filing your state tax return? Does that make sense? So they're going to have to some way coordinate with the 50 states and sync it up.
7: It's still very early on, and the IRS hasn't given specific details. For example, we don't know who exactly is eligible for the plan. We also don't know who will be allowed to test out the program first. The IRS expects to launch a pilot program in 2024. Arlene Richards, NTD News.
0: That's interesting. I wonder if that's going to help with tax fraud as well.
1: That's a good question. The IRS actually identified more than one million tax returns for potential identity fraud in 2023. That's according to a Treasury report released Tuesday.
0: We will also have some tips for you tomorrow how to identify fraud as well as what to do when you're a victim of identity theft.
1: And you know what's also affecting Americans across the country? Tell me. Common conditions like anxiety and depression for many striking a work-life balance is key to their psychological well-being. We have that story in just a minute.
0: Good to have you back. Mental Health Awareness Month is underway and Americans across the country are paying attention to common conditions like anxiety and depression. For many, striking a work-life balance is key to their psychological well-being. Entity's Andrew Thomas reports.
5: I'm swamped. She's a workaholic. I need a vacation. We've all heard these phrases before. Americans work hard, but sometimes too hard. And that can lead to burnout. According to statistics from job website Zipia, 83% of Americans say work stress has a negative impact on their relationships.
4: When people start becoming workaholics, like 48% of Americans say they are, they start identifying with their work and the responsibilities there, as opposed to identifying um, with their relationship or, again, going back to who they are.
5: Lots of people identify with their career. So what do you do? We've all heard this question before at social gatherings or on dates. But dating and relationship coach Patrick Ryan stresses that people are much more than their job.
4: When we're doing nothing but working, or that's what we identify with, it becomes unfulfilling, becomes very empty, very lonely. And that can cause depression and a lot of other issues.
5: It's easy to make mistakes when trying to maintain a work life balance. Ryan emphasizes that work and a partner for that matter are important, but they're individual details in a much larger picture.
4: The second thing is purpose. We all have to have purpose in our lives and purpose is so important to give us value and to make us, or at least give us an opportunity to be happy and fulfilled.
5: Ryan adds that there's a misconception that a relationship will make you happy but self-care and individual fulfillment are just as crucial to psychological well-being.
4: I think one of the biggest mistakes that make, that people make when they're trying to balance their life between work and, and pleasure, let's call it, is not taking care of themselves.
5: Work ethic is important and it's critical for success in any career. But when the job starts affecting your personal relationships, re-examining your work-life balance could be in order. Andrew Thomas, NTD News.
0: You know, that's actually really interesting. I just read something about uh, how important it is to depersonalize because there is other things in your life, right? And we don't need to identify too much with our jobs.
1: That is fascinating. I've read about, you know, the benefits of different hobbies like creative outlets and how that actually makes your job easier and better.
0: Mm, Yeah, it's important.
1: It is. And actually, now we're going to talk about a never before seen view of the Titanic on the ocean floor. Of course, we've seen pictures and video of the 1912 wreckage before, but these scans from deep-sea investigators Magellan along with Atlantis Productions give a full picture of the ocean liner today. Scans of the wreck were carried out in the summer of 2022. This final digital replica captures the entire wreck, including both the bow and stern section, which separated upon sinking experts say the project is a game changer and could help undercover more details on the disaster, including exactly how the ship broke apart as it sank.
0: I'm looking forward for that piece of information. some good pictures though very fascinating.
1: Indeed I think it used like this 3D scanning technology to show like the whole rendition instead of just bits and pieces because yeah. it's so huge. <laughs>
0: Technology, all right. That's all for today's program. We'd love to hear from you as usual. Write us at goodmorning at NTD.com if you have anything that you would like to share with us. Thanks for watching.
1: I'm Evelyn Lee. And I'm Tiffany Meyer.